can I just say, if you're going to insist on sitting in the wrong seat so you can be in the window, don't put the window shade down like five minutes after takeoff. <laughs> you're listening to Dots, Lines, and Destinations, a travel podcast with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller. Did you travel for work? No. no. This was my. This was one of my Alaska mileage runs. Oh, where'd you go? Uh, DCA. Oh, cool. It's it's an it's an easy it's like an easy turn, and that new security is really nice. Like the new security setup at DCA is really nice. I like. Did you actually clear? Uh, I didn't go out, but I like walked the entire terminal. Nice. I had like an I had like an hour layover, and I didn't want to be the. First, I, I didn't yeah. care if I was the last one on the plane, so I just walked the entire terminal and back. Nice. And, you go all the way down to like the far end of the new space. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, really were they nice. were they doing runway visual or, or river uh, visual or the other from the south? They were doing the northerly departures, so yeah. it was they were coming in from the south. Yeah, because yeah. that that far far corner mm-hmm. when they're landing from the north on the river visual is like primo spotting. Because you got the you got the monuments and whatever in the background, and they they bank right over the Washington Monument. It was so nice. Dang it! it, 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 You know what I'm talking about, right? Like you go in that far far corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're so far north that you can see everything. Yeah. And there's no and if you stand in the corner, there's like there's not a jet bridge between you and the. uh, Oh, I see. The landing. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I had never seen a departure. They had a departure last night while we were taking off. Uh, Let me see. It was on the other runways. Yeah, I had never seen that before. So everybody besides us, well, us, there was one other flight um, that did like there were two planes that did this. So we took off of let me see here. We took off of what is that? One. Yeah, we took off one. But while while we were sitting there, uh, like we were down at the end of one waiting for someone to land. So someone landed. And then someone took off three three. It was like an AA flight down to Raleigh Durham, I think. Didn't um, need the full length and I, get I out. guess I guess so. I just I'd never seen anyone take off that way. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then they turned what was really strange to me was they like turned hard left and like followed three ninety five kinda down a little bit. So I I mean I didn't even know that was a departure, but I should probably look it up. But anyway. You guys ready? Okay. I thought we already started. Oh, we did? Oh, dang. <laughs> now we've been talking about useful things. Oh, well, it's episode uh, 365 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations, and it's December 23rd, 2021. So thanks for joining us. I'm Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Mood, Seth Miller. Yo. Yeah. I'm rambling. Rambling, yes. Uh, we got some follow-up from uh, last show. So, Seth, yes. uh, we talked about 5G and radio altimeters, but that doesn't seem to be a, a problem. In so, today. one of the things that came up in our conversation was like, is this working anywhere else? What, how, why haven't we tested this? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, it seems that those same frequencies are actively in use in Japan. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and like planes land at Haneda all the time. So, uh, hard to tell what's really going on anymore. Also, there was that I think the one of the pilot unions put out a note being like, hey, oh, by the way, if this really takes effect as written, like last year would have been 38 million passengers or 2019 would have been 38 million passengers affected or something silly like that. Like the number of flights potentially affected for low weather is a problem. Who, who, why do we think that they use the same frequencies in Japan? It's the mid-band cell service. So Japan generally uses 900, 1800, and 2100. I, supposedly, the, I saw somewhere that they were using the 3.5 range also already in service the gigahertz 3.5 gigahertz gigahertz. um i think they use something like two and a half but not three uh but you know so that's why i asked because i know we generally use a different different bands here and yeah i mean i know they have different bands but i saw reference to that i um yeah that's the one i saw so i I can't confirm it one way or the other but that's okay yeah uh there, there are some uh the 
it's some of the 5G bands, the uh, 3.6 to 3.7 gigahertz and okay. 3.7 to 3.8. Yeah, there's a few using them. Huh, interesting. I actually, in Japan, they go all the way up to 4.0 and apparently 4.5 to 4.6, which is right on the other side of the radio altimeters, which is even more crazy. I would think those would be the problem. Yeah, I, 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 would, I, I, I would be way more worried about that than uh, the low frequency ones. Yeah, yeah. Or the lower frequency ones. Yeah, yeah, it's five. It's specifically five G spectrum that was auctioned off in mid twenty nineteen and is in service from NTT Docomo, KDDI, and Rakuten and SoftBank. <laughs> so they also have some, yeah, millimeter wave. Yeah, anyway. Um, so that was one interesting bit. Also, like just the num- the sort of threats about what the potential delays are going to be and how much of a mess we're up against if this rule takes effect in two weeks is pretty insane um <laughs> hope, hope for good weather while you're flying like everywhere because as we know things cascade hey maybe that was the cause of the problem that i had at pdx yesterday <laughs> i don't know I mean, apparently, apparently it was just the computers i don't know so winter in the northeast should be fun yeah <laughs> exactly or you know thunderstorm season anywhere or 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 you know someone sneezes in newark um lots, lots of potential <laughs> Uh, the other follow-up we had was the Qatari Airways A350 story. Uh, and we're recording this on Monday. Even just today, things took a whole different turn. So uh, after we had recorded that, maybe there was the discussion about, or did we talk about Airbus hiring lawyers? We did. We mentioned it briefly that we were like, okay. oh, this is kind of weird that they're hiring lawyers. I think it just happened that day. Yeah. And like, yeah. I feel like Qatari Airways must have seen that as an invitation because Qatari's like, oh, good. You have lawyers. Now we're going to file a lawsuit. <laughs> and has filed suit in, in the United Kingdom of all places. Huh. Which I don't entirely understand um, as the sort of venue for this, since Airbus isn't based there, neither is Qatar Airways. But that seems to be where the suit is happening. And maybe that's because that UK person offered to uh, mediate the dispute. But <laughs> they filed a lawsuit and Airbus has acknowledged the suit has been filed and uh, will you know comment further when they have more to say. But yeah, um, you know, this is sort of the F around and find out gone <laughs> gone wrong, I guess. I mean, there's uh, Rolls Royce is based in England. Yeah, but this is a paint problem, not a engine problem, which is, you know, I know surprising to you that, that such things could happen. Anything other than engine problems. <laughs> <laughs> Until we find out the paint's happening because of the engines. <laughs> oh, man. Nah. Well, that, w- that would be interesting. <laughs> and a very Rolls problem. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens with the lawsuit. It's, I mean, to some extent, it's all negotiations, right? But it's still sketchy. I mean, it almost feels like. Airbus uh, kind of like bluffed a little bit, and uh, Qatar Airways was like, "Okay, we call." Yeah, <laughs> like hundred percent. That's, that's yeah. definitely what it feels. Like. F around and find out, right? You, you want to play this game? We'll play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You come at the king, you best not miss. I think yeah, is well. the line. So, um, <laughs> what, what qualifies as missing at this point, though? Like, do you, do, you, do you fire Akbar as a customer? Do you fire Qatar Airways? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, good point. Right? They're, they're clearly not going to buy the three A three fifty freighters anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, didn't Akbar come out and say that, you know, the the relationship is soiled at this point? Yeah. And that's a pretty f- strong statement. Yeah, just, you know, negotiating the next tranche of pricing. That's that's what I wonder is like how much of that is just pricing negotiation, right? Like is he is he trying to actually fix this or is he just trying to get a better deal in the future? That's I don't know. Probably both. Yeah. Yeah. He plays, you know, chess in multiple dimensions. Yes. Um so we also have some new topics this week. Uh, the first one, uh, I think we, we kind of hinted at some of this, but we didn't know for sure. Uh, Lufthansa is adding St. Louis service uh, among some other routes that they're adding as well. I mean, what are those other routes, Seth, that you have? We, off, off uh, I think we talked about some of it with the Munich stuff also. Yep. Um, yep. Sorry, it was Munich to San Diego and Rio, yep. uh, which are two that are moving away from Frankfurt. They're adding four more A350s to Munich to support a lot of this. Um, 
There's also, um, what else I got here? Uh, Bangkok is coming back from Munich. Um, some short haul stuff. Eurowings Discover is going to also have some flights from Munich. So that's their sort of low cost carrier ish uh, long haul. Punta Cana, Cancun, and Las Vegas will become destinations over summer 22. And then um, Frankfurt has a bunch of uh, Eurowings routes, uh, includes Salt Lake City, Las Vegas, Fort Myers, Anchorage, Halifax, and Calgary, and Tampa over the summer. <laughs> and in the winter, uh, it has Victoria Falls, Kilimanjaro, Panama City, and Malé in the Maldives. Wow. And then there's that St. Louis route. And it's the uh, first long-haul service out of St. Louis in almost 20 years. Wow. And apparently they got a $5 million revenue guarantee. Wow. Well, good for them. Yeah. Uh, it's like $2.5 million pitched in by the local airport authority or tour, no, the tourism board, I guess. And then another $2.5 million by local businesses, as long as they maintain three flights a week. And they get like the first year of landing fees waived, which is maybe a quarter million or something like that. It's that it was a sizable, uh, and it, again, it's revenue guarantee. So like you know, they negotiate, like this is what the route has to make. And if they can do it themselves, then the guarantee money doesn't get paid, but, um, the airline theoretically doesn't care because, you know, they made the money anyways, but yeah. Yeah. And they, I, they obviously don't publish what the, uh, necessary minimum revenue is to realize that, but. I yeah, it's kind of wild to me. I mean, maybe the travel board of St. Louis uh, they weren't able to burn their budget, and they wanted to make sure they were able to in the next couple of years. I don't know. It seems it seems like a lot of money to me. Obviously, I guess there's some optimism that a it's partly being shared by the local businesses, so they're confident that some travel will happen. Yeah, right. Because like this is the thing: is like the local businesses basically stump the cash and say, okay, here we can dip into this if we don't actually buy tickets, but then we'll go out of the way to buy tickets. So they, get, so they don't actually spend that money for nothing. Yeah. Is the theory on how all these things work. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, onward connections from Germany, supposed to be three flights a week year round. I mean, there's some potential there. We'll see. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's an A330. I, my joke was, I, th- I thought it was that that was going to be one of the Eurowings discover routes and they just ran out of Eurowings planes. <laughs> And so they're like, well, crap, we got to pick one to be mainline. Uh, St. Louis, <laughs> sure, fine. <laughs> that, that'll work. <laughs> Spin the roulette wheel. Let's see what comes up. Basically. Uh, I mean, the one thing about St. Louis that's kind of cool is they do have a train, you know, into the city from the airport. So it's it's a pretty easy way for people to go in and see the arch uh, if they're coming from Germany. And then going out of St. Louis, I, I mean, there's a ton of connections from Frankfurt. So maybe they can sell a bunch of Onward stuff. Who knows? You think the timing will be such that people could land, run downtown on the train, see the arch, and get right back on the plane? No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> the way you describe that, though, I'm like, I mean, there's probably a few other things to see downtown too, don't you? Think? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to see, and that's what I mean. Is like, there's, I think, I think there's, I think there's a decent amount of, uh, you know, passengers yeah. that could be going either way. Um, I just see, actually worked there for a few months, long time ago. It's a nice enough town. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to be there in the middle of summer and the humidity, but you know, it's nice enough. Uh, I'm a, gen, you know, sissified Texan that's moved to the northwest, so. Um, I didn't even realize though that St. Louis had an international terminal. Like I think they've had like Mexico service and whatnot for a long time. Okay, okay. Probably on Southwest or on American or something or on Valeris or one of those. Yeah, and I think even charter stuff. Like it's oh, one of those. It's, it's one of those markets that's big enough for like the Cancun charters, like Apple tours or whatever in the summer kind of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, makes sense. And I mean, so, TWA did have a hub there with Long Haul International. Oh yeah, good point. Twenty years ago, Foz coming in with the history lesson here. But it was 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they still had the international. What he's saying is they had an international yeah. Yeah, facilities. Yeah, facilities somewhere. Um, I I also, just speaking randomly about St. Louis, didn't realize that there's an airport on the Missouri side at Scott Air Force Base called 
Mid-America St. Louis Airport. Yeah. Allegiant flies there, right? Yes. And it's actually one of their faster growing hubs or faster growing operations. How can can it be faster growing? It's got two gates. (laughs) Well, you know, start start, start from a low base number. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) If you go from one gate to two gates, you have a 100% increase. (laughs) And then it's Allegiant, right? So you go from like using each gate once a day to each gate four times a day because you fly into a bunch more places. Like that's honestly, that's how you do it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I just, I never even knew. Like, I mean, it's one of, again, one of those like little unknown places with an airport, yeah. uh, depending on which side. And I think parking is free. At least it looks like it is. So there's, they got that going for them. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, my, my local airport started charging for parking for the Allegiant flights out of here. Really? Seven bucks a day. Oh, well, I mean, you're getting ripped off, buddy. Kill for seven bucks a day. <laughs> Logan is 38. So <laughs> I mean, even like Manchester and uh, Portland are like 18, I think, so 15 to 18. So. I mean, it's, so bad. it's also even, 10 minutes from my house. Even Trenton is eight bucks a day. Wow. So we got that beat. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like Santa Rosa all over again. Anyway, um, uh, British Airways and Finnair are starting some new routes as well. Uh, we, I think Seth and, or Foz and I talked about the BA to Portland flight coming back. Uh, but Finnair is adding, uh, what is it, Helsinki to Seattle. Yep. And BA is adding Pittsburgh to London. Yep. Um, and I think maybe Foz, we mentioned that as well, but we were kind of confused as to what's actually driving that traffic. Yes, from, from Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, and, and and he, they can make Charleston work. Why not Pittsburgh? It says Charleston actually work though. Charleston has Boeing, and you've got BMW up the up the road. Where are they? At? Where are they at? Out Spart- there, Spartanburg. Oh, okay, All right. didn't realize that. Interesting. I still. I mean, is that flight back? Is Charleston back operating? Uh, I think it's if it's not back already, it's coming back. Okay, all right. Uh, that is a random route. I will give you that, Seth. <laughs> uh, but I mean, but Pittsburgh is there really that much traffic out of Pittsburgh to to London? I mean, I guess again, it's the BA's onward feed type situation, right? Like they're just yeah trying to feed other flights. Pittsburgh also was a hub with that had a lot, lot of long haul international too. What long haul that? I mean, it was U.S. Airway hub, but did they do a ton of long haul from there? Well, they did a bunch of European stuff. They did uh, London. I believe they did Paris. They did a couple flights at least. And there's a bunch of uh, there's a Bayer spinoff there that's huge. There's a bunch of companies that are based there that have a European presence as well. Yeah, yeah. Bayer is definitely in the Pittsburgh area. Let's see if I can. It's not Bayer though anymore. They spun that part of the business out. So, but I'm sure it still has a German counterpart. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, what, pick, when, when, what year do you want me to check here? Oh, US God. He's got, I knew you were getting your timetables. I knew you were getting out your timetables. I don't know if we need to go to that. 79, definitely not yet. That was just right when they merged with uh, Allegheny or converted Allegheny to US Air. It's probably too old. You, you're mad at me for this, Stephen? I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not going to actually be able to find it this quickly. I'm, <laughs> but I do have these old timetables sitting here. I figured. And that box was on top. So, 88, new service to Florida, Arizona, and California. <laughs> I didn't realize how big the parking lot was at Pittsburgh. It is massive. Oh yeah, but it was a hub. It was yeah. A, it was a it was a big hub. No, I remember. I mean, I used to connect through there, which um, to and from school. Yeah, upstate New York, you have to connect through there sometimes. That's so wild. So, yeah, London. Uh, there you go. He found it. I found a London. Oh, now with one stop. Wah, wah, wah. What's the stop? It doesn't say. Oh, well, those are useless. Yeah, it's not the it's not my favorite type of route map of. Uh, 
So there's in 99, there's a reference, there's a committee of transportation infrastructure from the House of Representatives that references the loss of Pittsburgh to Gatwick. Okay. Hmm. Have either of you been through Pittsburgh lately? No. It kind of makes me want to fly back through it and see how desolate it is. Well, they were going to get rid of the southern part of the X, right? Well, they like put a wall up at one point. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've, last time I was there, the full X was open, but they were going to go from an X to a V and then move the main roadway and the entrance and everything at the bottom of the V. Really? Yeah. So, like, you were going to go through security down there? Not like where the X would, the bottom of the X would be. They were getting rid of the old terminal. Basically, they were uh, making it a smaller airport because they just don't need all that extra space. Huh. There was also like I thought there was a move to rebuild it so you didn't have to take the train across. Stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because the, then the train goes away because now the terminal is at the base yeah. of the V and not a separate building. No, I think that's actually still happening. Huh. So what are they going to do? I guess they're going to keep the runway in. They'll still keep it in service, the two southern runways, and then kind of like build the roadway up to the V and then back out again somehow, maybe a tunnel or something. Probably underneath, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize that. That's a big, that's a big change. Yeah. For sure. Um, Seth, are you done looking at your timetables? No. London, Ontario, Canada? Probably not what you're going for, right? <laughs> One um, of these is not what you are looking for. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it looks like they haven't, according to their the map on the site, they have not closed the full X. There are still concessions and stuff listed out there. Huh. Good to know. Um, talk to, let's talk about this Finnair flight, though. Seattle-Helsinki. Sure. Uh, connects Alaska, a part, one world partner, with mainland Europe and with uh, Finland. Sure. Um, are they doing this on an A350? I assume. Or it's, a three thirty, or a three thirty. Yeah, I guess. Does it, I mean because the? What, I thought it was a three thirty because there's some other flight they recently launched, right? That was going to be a three thirty. Was there? Well, they did. They've moved some fl- stuff to Stockholm. They're doing like Stockholm, LA, and stuff, but that's on an A three fifty. So I don't know. No, you're right. Three thirty. My bad. Three thirty. Um, I'm actually. Can I just say I'm actually surprised they're doing it on a three thirty, and because they have some three twenty ones that they're fitting with lie flat seats. Could a three twenty one make that? I think so. Because Helsinki's so far north, I bet it could. Yeah. With buffer though? I think so, honestly. Because they're only gonna do it in the summer, I have a feeling. Forty seven hundred miles. Forty eight hundred miles is actually pretty far. Yeah, yeah, it's a little far. Yeah. Feels closer. Yeah. Uh um, I, I guess it's so far north, but it's also still pretty far east, which is why China and Japan work so well. Yeah. Um I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, is this is this a good move? I mean, I guess with Alaska, it makes sense. I just don't feel like there's like a ton of O and D traffic there. So, sorry, Helsinki is only a hundred miles closer to Seattle than it is to Tokyo. Wow, <laughs> the Earth is a weird shape. I bet it's. I bet Beijing is closer to Helsinki. Yeah, Beijing's eight hundred miles closer to Helsinki than Seattle is. Thirty nine hundred miles. Wow. Um, do I think it makes sense? Uh, in some ways, if you talk about the connections, right? Like, why do we need more connections than that couldn't happen at LA or San Francisco? I guess, right? Save those for the nonstop traffic going to LA or San Francisco and use Seattle for the onward connections. I mean, Seattle's already a mess, though. Like, to me, at least. I, I thought that the San Francisco would probably be a better play for Alaska simply because they, I mean, and even LA, um, because they have so much, they have so many flights out of both of those airports. It's still a ton more from Seattle. That's true. But I mean, Again, a lot of their stuff that's going anywhere east uh, leaves in the morning, early morning. So yeah. between six and nine. Yeah, so. you, you probably only want to go like mountain time zone at the furthest because everything else from yeah. there you'd want to connect over Chicago on American or Charlotte or not Charlotte, but uh, not on DFW, right? Like you'd find somewhere yeah. else to connect those. Yeah, true. 
I just I thought that maybe they would go for DFW, yeah, because of the American play there and a lot a lot more flights at DFW. But <laughs> I do wonder if at some point this is a precursor to trying to get Alaska into the JV. Yeah, could be. But the thing about Dallas, right? There's so much one world lift out of Dallas into Europe. Seattle could use additional lift because all you've got is BA and Qatar and America and Qatar. That's it. Really, is America, America. flying? You're right, but it's all London. American yeah. flying the London out, yeah, yeah. But you know, with the, I just pulled up a map. But I think the thing reason Seattle to Helsinki is so long, and we don't think it is because Helsinki is a fair bit further east. north, east, east and north. Yeah, the north helps the east because you go over the top, but the east doesn't. Yeah. But it is pretty far out there. Uh, but I didn't realize Finnair was down to four three thirties. So they're just doing. They're switching all over to a three fifties then. Yeah. So Seattle doesn't rank to get a good plane. <laughs> um, I, I just I find it interesting. I mean, it's it's great. I'm glad to have another option here. It's an it's an easy thirty minute flight for me to get up to Seattle. Um, would I prefer this? I mean, forty seven hundred. How much how much further is L A? Let me see here. Five hundred miles. That. I mean, like eight hundred because it's eight hundred from us. So. Yeah, you're right. Nine hundred. So, I mean, you get an extra hour and a half of sleep on the LA flight. Um, might be worth it. I don't know, but anyway, I would argue it's probably more than an hour and a half because you for LA you tend to slow down much sooner than if you go into like if I when I fly to the West Coast, the flights to San Diego tend to be half an hour shorter than LA. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and and you know yeah you're right fuzz you're probably right so play airlines Seth I Does hate the, the name it's better than Wow uh, no it's about it's about as bad don't, don't hate the play basically don't hate the player hate the game <laughs> hate the Wow don't hate the play hate the game we'll, we'll workshop that maybe for the next episode um, <laughs> BWI in April and Boston in early May <laughs> uh, they're going to be the first two U.S. routes Wow. Yeah, um, you know, they, they, it's interesting right now. The route map is still sort of super imbalanced. That those are the only two U.S. markets with like a bunch on the European side. Mm-hmm. But you know, connect in Iceland, low cost carrier, zero amenities on board. Uh, might get power eventually at your seat. Good luck with that. Uh, no IFE, no connectivity. Some overhead screens on some of the planes that are still we're showing maps in Mac in Spanish because they came from uh, Interjet. On the overhead, like I've overhead drop down screens for yeah. some of those. Uh, yeah, it's. I asked the CEO about that. Like, now that you're doing longer flights, are you going to change any of this stuff? And he's like, nope. Cheap. Cheap's what matters. We're going to keep selling tickets as cheap as we possibly can uh, for long haul passengers, and you know they'll fly us anyways. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Whereas uh, the thing right now, it's if it's really just you know 350 seats a day, 400 seats a day to start, that actually no problem to fill up. Yeah, yeah. Um, at even at probably slightly higher fares, because. Uh, you can whatever, but like as that starts to fill out as a network and 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 it's going to get as Norwegian learned, it gets real real difficult in a hurry. I mean, and as Wow learned, I mean these get right. These guys are former Wow executives, basically that did this. So, well, and right now they only have four planes, right? Yeah, they're going to have fifteen in three years because they're starting a lot of service in twenty twenty two. Yeah, well, like through the summer. Well, a lot of the sorry, go ahead, pause. I was going to say in theory, but we know, we don't know what will actually launch versus what does launch. True. There. And and what I'd say is a lot of the routes are not daily. Just like once a week or twice a week once or something? Once or twice a week, which when I was over in the UK in August uh, and was worried about sorting out if I could stay in the UK because of all the different rules, uh, I started looking for like, okay, if I'm just going to onward connect and not deal with, you know, whatever, can I make play 
work because Hels- you know, uh, not Helsinki, uh, Keflavik, Iceland, Reykjavik, like what was great over the summer. They were, you know, highly vaccinated, easy access, et cetera. Just bring your vaccination card, and it was still pretty quiet. And the flights in and out of London even were. I think they were daily, but everything else wasn't. And I was like, can I open jaw and get back and something? Cause like the timings weren't great. And I had to go between airports and stuff like that. So it's still limited right now, but they've said, uh, that was the other thing the CEO said is that Paris and London are doing very well with just local traffic. Hmm. Oh, well, good. So very nice. Uh, just for your, for y'all's information, their call sign for air traffic control is player. It's play, no, it's player. That's oh, their call sign. yeah. And their IATA code is OG. Yeah. Flight numbers are OG. <laughs> Numeric. This this is awful. And you thought my joke was bad. Uh, they joked themselves, <laughs> man. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> We're anyway. picking MX as your code for mechanical toys. <laughs> um, and breeze, by the way. Speaking of of Iceland, Iceland Air is starting service to Raleigh Durham on a seven thirty seven Max eight. Uh, not fun, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's are they? I mean. I guess from a perspective of connecting onward traffic to this is another one of those where it's like it's cheap and relatively yeah, easy. Iceland Air has made historically, I mean, putting aside the COVID situation and whatnot, had done pretty well building up a connecting flow via Iceland. So much so that people started to copy them. Yeah. So. Um, and in bad news, they've introduced a new livery. We'll put a screenshot in the show notes. Uh, so the interesting, like, okay, so the livery is fine. Just like Iceland Air and giant letters on the side of a, in blue on the side of a white fuselage. Uh, the little. Is it fine though? Is it? No, no. it's boring and dumb. It's, it's like the United, but with, you know, the it's giant like, United letters, but it's, it says Iceland Air, so it's longer. I don't you know. know, my wife, my, I'm going to have to give my wife credit. She pointed out to me this aesthetic. It's called Kinfolk. And she's like, they just, it's like this millennial thing that I, I don't understand apparently, where it's like this huge font on a white background. Okay. I'm glad we have a name for it. Uh, so what I was going to say is and the interesting comment, and it was in Icelandic media, so take translations you know, via automated systems with a grain of salt. But one of the reasons given, for, and so, sorry, two things. One is they're going to make like the stripe on the leading edge of the tail different colors. They expect to have six different colors. And their chief marketing officer is quoted basically saying, yes, we expect people to be excited to get off a green plane and get onto a pink one or vice versa and notice that sort of thing. No one knows. WTF. But also... The that aesthetic they expect to do better in digital marketing, <sighs> and so you guys say, "What the hell, whatever." But the number of people that take a picture of their plane and like, "Hey, I'm going somewhere." Ooh, I got the blue one this time. I like collect them all. There is a. I take a picture of my plane every time. Am I going to comment on what color the tail is? I guess now I have to because it's going to be different. I don't know, but like it's it's part of a thing people do, and that is part of the marketing shtick. So. It's it's marketing driven, right? I mean, this is for better or worse, the brave new order. So it does feed into exactly what my wife is telling me. I hate to tell you this, Stephen. Your wife is right. Like, just go ahead and assume that's always the case, but in this particular instance, especially. <sighs> so freaking doomed as a society. <laughs> Bill, so, I don't know. This is pretty smart. If she's the one we got to listen to, I can go with it. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. But that this stuff matters. When well, thinking back to like BA could bring back their uh, artist tales that they used to have years ago. Wouldn't it? But wouldn't it be nice to have? Like, I get it. Like bringing back some of these old liveries, right? That American has the retros. The retros. They're nice and cool because it's old and a nod to history. This is just like lazy. But well, but Foz, your point about the artist livery is like Norwegian had the people on the tails. 
That was kind of a big deal. Frontier does it with animals. Kind of works. But, but that's a Knock good point. does it with weird ass color schemes. I you mean, bring, you bring a good point up. Frontier does it with the animals, but you don't see people going crazy about it. Well, I don't see people going crazy about flying on Frontier in general. But oh well. But I, I don't know. But I don't think it's good. I think the, I, I, I do think there though is a oh hey I got this one oh look this is what the tail is I do see some of that. Well, if they gamify it, sure. If you get like a bingo card, right, or something like that. But unless they do an entire campaign yeah. around it, they have a whole separate website for it. But what do you get in return? You get a stupid Foursquare badge or an Instagram badge? No, no, they're gonna re, they're gonna re-Instagram you. They're gonna whatever. Oh, Retweet you, man. It's way more re, important. Reshare or whatever. <laughs> you wanna... have to like answer five questions and disavow all intellectual property rights first, but then you can do it. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's way easier and cheaper for marketing these days. Oh, Bill, Bill is there Martin. really a website for this? The Frontier has a microsite for all their. Tales. Oh, that's. I thought you were saying uh, Iceland Air has a new livery for these tales. Not, no, Iceland Air doesn't yet. But uh, oh, yeah, that's what I thought he meant as well. I'm sorry. No, I'm saying that, like people do track this stuff uh, or think about it a little more than we do. Also, like it's it's the livery, so like who cares what the paint job is on the outside of the plane? And yet, it turns out that matters in some sense. You know what's important to me when I get on a plane that I freaking land safely. <laughs> Well, if, uh, I wonder. I wonder how they're going to tie this. Uh, some bad news for you about radio altimeters. <laughs> uh, Damn it! I, I got some five G spectrum. I'd like to sell you. Um, so, I, I wonder how they're going to fill this in or like make this blend in with their website. Because, well, I guess it makes sense now. Because their logo on the website is just a white. Uh, well, it's the Iceland Air word in blue with a tail in blue, and then a white the Iceland uh, flag. Yeah. Uh, there on it. So I guess maybe they'll put the colors somehow into this scheme. I'm sure I, I just make work. yeah, it, it's interesting. Maybe I, every yeah. time you reload the website, the tail will be a different color. Oh, so I can just keep reloading the website and just pretend like I'm on a plane. Oh, perfect, a, perfect a, for COVID. A B testing go wrong, gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're killing time. Guys. A B C D E F testing. <laughs> Um, and so Qantas has picked uh, Airbus for some new planes, and they're adding some new service. Single aisle refresh. They picked the A321neo and A220, 300 series to start. Um, there's some, one weird bit about it was that they, in the press release, and people have told me I'm reading too much into this, and I'm sure that is the case, but the press release explicitly mentioned the XLR, which is the super long range version, which from sort of the sort of the, the holy triangle of Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney, can reach Japan and the hmm. Philippines. Wow. The the regular Neo probably can get close to some of those or even to Vietnam. Uh, the L- XLR does offer a little extra buffer and range. Um, but they also said it was, it was the, the wording on it was weird. It's like these will offer 15% more seating than our current 737s and is a great plane to serve the Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne market. And so the 737-800 has 174 seats on it. So 15% more is a 200 seat plane. And putting 200 seats onto an XLR and then running it short haul amongst those three cities is a terrible plan mm-hmm. because you're not taking advantage of its additional range and it's a heavier plane than the regular Neo. And then 200 seats on an XLR for actually long haul service almost certainly means no flat bed. So are you going to really fly seven or eight hour routes and not have a, the real premium cabin like that on? I could see doing that for your Jetstar brand, but not for the Qantas brand. So I'm mm-hmm. a little confused what they're really doing here. Mm-hmm. But, so are they retiring the entire 737 fleet? And what's that is the, the timeline? Uh, over the next decade. Okay. All right. So we got a little while. Got a little while. Um, and then also retiring the 717s, replace them with A220-300s and maybe some 100s if they need to or some 500s when that finally happens, which will probably be middle of the decade. Hmm. 
not that Airbus hasn't said it yet, but they basically, the factory is designed to be able to build a 500. The, they've got all the tooling for it. It's just a matter of finally, or not all the tooling, but they've got the concepts and whatever. It's 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 basically designed. They've got to actually do it, but it's pretty much ready when they're soon, ready to. Soon, we're building it. Yes, we're building it. We're building um, and they're going to Rome. That's interesting. Via Perth? Via Perth. So Perth, it turns out, is finally going to reopen. Western Australia never didn't really reopen yet um the way the rest of australia did so western australia is probably going to reopen in february and they'll move the london flights out of darwin which is where they're running from now back over to perth and they'll also add rome over the summer <laughs> i didn't and, realize they moved the non-stop flight to darwin yeah they because western australia perth wasn't letting people in well that would be a cool line yeah so um the uh I don't know, so we, we talked about, Steve, I know you and I talked about, I think it was last week, sort of the business travel, leisure business class passengers, personal mm-hmm. business, personal premium travel. Yep. And Rome was one of the markets I suggested was, a for whatever reason, is always a winner on that. And so this seems to be another yep. version of that. So Definitely, yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the 321neos and the XLR stuff is, is definitely an interesting play. I, I mean, I can't see them doing the long haul route without a live flat seat. Unless yeah, they're going to do it on the low cost carrier, I just can't see them doing that. It, that's, it's, I don't understand what's really going on there, but we'll find out soon enough. Um, yeah. I will say one of the other interesting things is like the order apparently is for like a set number of planes and options, but within the families, it's almost fully flexible. So like with obviously some reasonable to Airbus amount of advance notice, Qantas can completely switch around what planes they're taking when throughout the term. Gotcha. And the ability to do everything from a 220 up to a 321 XLR is sort of, you know, from the pundit seat is the, well, dang, Boeing screwed. That's what I was, I was going to say. Like, do you think Boeing execs are right now are just like kicking themselves? Like what, like what the hell? I assume they're mostly counting their uh, retirement accounts, but. (laughs) But when you're that rich, do you even look anymore? Um, (laughs) So, I mean, but this is this is a blow to Boeing. Right? Yes. I mean, Qantas was a very large customer. Yes. And Boeing also lost the Project Sunrise, if that ever happens. Right. The 777X wasn't going to be the Sydney to London or New York nonstops. They were going to use the 350s. Yep. Assuming the paint doesn't come off. Um, yeah, it's Boeing hasn't had, had a lot of wins lately. They had a few, but uh, it hasn't been great. Well, let's see how this uh, paint thing plays out first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so the... the and then the other uh, deal that came out same day, actually, uh, just many hours later because of time zones, uh, KLM Air France and the Transavia uh, group also announced that they're going to buy uh, Airbus, replacing <laughs> KLM 737s. So another big loss. Yeah. No, uh, and Transavia. Transavia, it's like 140. Uh, yeah, Transavia is huge. Yeah. Transavia between the French and the Dutch brand has like 100 of them. So that's an interesting one just in that it was just the 321neo. But even still, and like very few of the routes are super long. Yeah. So it's not like they need the LR, or the XLR. They didn't even mention that in those releases. But they apparently, you know, want the capacity or want to just keep the, I don't know, want to keep it, keep it in the continent. It's hard for me to tell exactly what's going on there. But could, I mean, could some of this be fallout from the Max debacle? Yes. Right. That might be a large part of it, right? Because uh, just. Lack of confidence in the traveling public and not to be associated with it. Yeah, I I don't think there's been any real blowback and for the airlines uh, operating it, operating the MAX. I, I don't think that that's been a problem, right? I don't think there's been book away or anything like that, really. Um, but, um, you know, I think the real, I think one of the challenges is like if you want more than 200 seats and or you want the seats to be vaguely, you know, 
more seats in a vaguely comfortable manner, Boeing doesn't have an option. Well, I mean, there's definitely that, but I mean, I think part of it, right? I don't, do, I don't think any of the carriers in Europe really operate the Max Eight. Um, none of the uh, lot does. Iceland Air does. That may be it. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you think back to the '80s, Audi had this massive problem where cars are just accelerating on their own. It took them decades to overcome that. <laughs> right? You you create a ma- negative perception, particularly involving death. And, you know, in Europe, you don't see any maxes really in the air. So there's really very little exposure to build confidence. So well, it's a do you think, circle. Well, yeah. do you think, do you think it's that, or do you think it's the CEOs not having faith in Boeing's promises of safety or whatever? And so they, they're kind of putting on a, a mask of, uh, well, we'll take care of our flying public by buying these Airbus planes. Let's be real. CEOs will do whatever is best for their, their wallet. Yes. So if, I think it has more. If people aren't going to get on their planes, if there's going, they're going to be skittish mm-hmm. to get on their planes, they won't take that risk. Yeah. Um, uh, there was going to be a deal between IAG, uh, which is the British Airways owner, uh, and Air Europa, and that has uh, fallen through. <laughs> they're in discussions for how to break it up, break off the deal, I think, is now what we've moved on to. I think regulatory, they ran into some challenges, and there was also... The whole part where, like, you know, COVID happened, and so the valuations were all screwed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, they're trying to break it off, and the IAG is going to end up having to pay a decent amount of money. But if the deal comes back, that money gets credited. Gotcha. So it could happen. Like tens of millions. Yeah, I mean, they're they're in discussion. They're literally like it's discussions of how to break it up and to consider redoing it. it was like, they basically wanted to. So Air Europa is Madrid based, trying to figure out how to do a sort of consolidate power there and make another super hub. And not surprised, I. I in my opinion, they're a little bit of like they said the quiet part out loud, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh no, we're going to consolidate everything here and remove competition so we can charge more. Like, yeah, regulators don't typically like that. And is it the regulators that have stopped this? I don't know that there was a specific regulatory challenge. I don't know. I don't think it ever received regulatory approval though mm. yet. So I think that's probably part of it. And then there's just also like the dollar numbers no longer added up or the euro numbers, I guess. But I mean, maybe, uh, maybe IAG, I mean, this is my, uh, watching of succession coming through, but maybe IAG just needs to initiate a, uh, hostile takeover. Well, I got to undo <laughs> the current deal first, then they can do that. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to take up, make a hostile takeover a company that you're currently in negotiations to buy. Oh, dang it. Also, I think it's privately held, but. <laughs> um, so the Arizona Cardinals bought a triple seven and it's a former Delta triple seven. Yeah. Uh, this is the second team to buy uh, a plane. Well, I'd like to know, did, did they get it for $10 million? Probably. I, I think the number was seven, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so years ago when Delta said they could get them for 10 million, they, they meant they could sell them for 10 million. <laughs> Details, details. Um, yeah, I've, that's almost certainly an issue there. Um, no, they got the, uh, they got it. They, what's interesting to me is they said they did, they basically kept the front two cabins the same based on the advertised numbers. They're calling uh, premium economy business class follow after the 28 flatbeds up front, which are Delta One, uh, the suites. But they said they're doing oversized seats in economy. And the only um, thing I can think of is that they took a few rows out and just spaced it better. Because otherwise, like you'd have to go to a 242 layout that's basically the premium economy that they're calling business class, which doesn't make sense to me. So I, I, I don't understand that either. Like, and if it's the economy seats, most pro football players, if you've ever been on a plane with a pro football basketball, they, they, they fit. barely fit into a uh, first class seat. So, so the only thing I could think of is you t- put the armrests up and you give them leg room, and then it sort of works. Yeah. Did wait? Did Delta retrofit the triple sevens of premium economy? Yes. Okay. I thought they hadn't gotten that far in. 
at least one of the seat maps I saw had them and had the right numbers to line up with what this config is. So okay. I haven't seen an interior shot of it yet, but I, anyway, it, it looks nice. It's pretty plain. Yeah. It's an, it's a cool livery. I would, I'd be interested to see the inside of it for sure. Yeah. So here's another thing though. Uh, how many miles a year do you think the team flies? Cause they uh, use this, they put the statistic out as part of their justification for buying the plane. Top of my head. I'd say close to a million. 300,000. Are you not like all the people combined? Like the, oh, like the charter just, plane, the, 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 plane the, the charter plane that the team flies. It's physical, physical yeah. miles that it flies. Maybe a hundred thousand miles a year. It's like twenty-five. And they need a private jet for that. They don't want to pay the charter. Well, so one of the challenges is getting charters. Yeah, well, I guess right now spare wide body. I mean, right now, spare wide body capacity on the U.S. It's weird, but I, there was a couple. That's why the that was why the Patriots bought their own. It was like we like they were having trouble negotiating for capacity from the people who did it and everybody's converting those planes to cargo now so yeah hmm. but it's also like it's so little they're like how do you keep pilots on staff for that and what do you do with it during the off season and 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 like all the checkups and whatnot and the maintenance stuff like I, I don't know it'll be interesting to see but would you need to hire pilots or do you can you just hire someone to fly that on demand but that's i mean i guess that's the question because if they're triple seven rated like they're probably flying for FedEx or one of those. I, I don't know what the agreements are with the cargo carriers. Um, yeah. I mean, like can, can you contract with Atlas just for pilots? Yeah, maybe. I'm sure you can, if you pay them enough. Right. But it would, at that point, like why not just contract for them for the whole operation? Right? It's, it's, a, it's an intro. I don't know the answer about how they're dealing with the pilots, but like, I think Eastern was the contract carrier that runs the Patriots plane now. Hmm. Like the Patriots own it, whatever, but like they keep, I think they use Eastern pilots, maybe. So the opposite of a wet lease? Yeah, just the pilots? Yeah. <laughs> Is that the name of the contracting company? Just the pilots. <laughs> oh, oh, that's a terrible... Just the... I know, I know. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to keep Talk that right here. Uh, <laughs> so free, free Wi-Fi messaging on United now? Yeah. But not. Explain, Foz. No text messaging. It's iMessage is it? supposed to work, but no but text SMS, message. Not, straight, not real SMS. Is it only iMessage and like Facebook Messenger stuff again? And WhatsApp are the official ones. I had a colleague flying who said Slack worked for him, um, and Signal, and he got actually some uh, a Twitter DM came through, but he couldn't send, and like other bits of Gmail and Facebook also worked. How does, how does that, I don't understand because is it, is it the protocol that they're blocking or is it the ports? Because probably the ports and the sites, the IPs or the DNS. Names. Yeah. Usually it's DNS. It's a mixture of DNS name filtering and hosting filtering and just heavily throttled bandwidth. Yeah. So tech plain text is what comes through or yeah. ma- makes it through. I, I mean, I wish SMS was a part of this because that would be awesome. Um, I, I wish Telegram. I, I wonder if Telegram works. Maybe we need to switch our chat app uh, so I don't have to pay for internet whenever I want to ch- text you guys. You're going to pay uh, for internet anyway, so why do you care? I don't always pay for internet, just sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's nice. It's definitely a nice thing to have. So slack working i think is interesting yeah as a, as a as a person who does you know flies for work i don't i don't know that that's a good thing it's like te- if teams messages come through maybe i'll just leave my computer underneath the seat in front of me <laughs> sorry I, I ran out of power <laughs> yeah i don't know what my plane didn't yeah. have any power i will say i i actually was a little surprised i didn't mention this when i was flying on turkish they blocked the entire webex like domain name really so i couldn't use webex chat like t- they have a version of teams yeah 
I couldn't use it, which was really bad because one of my customers, that's what my customer uses for that. For just, like, what you, just when you thought teams couldn't get any worse, WebEx has a version of it. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, fortunately, the customer is just transitioning off to Microsoft Teams now, which I can't believe I'm saying I'm happy about that. But uh, anyway, it's a terrible they, experience. Right. So they, they, I, I've used it many places, I know. But like, that's sort of one of those things of like, that's how they blocked it, though. They just blocked the whole domain name and said, screw it. Wow. So it's funny you say that. We use uh, Google for work. Yeah. And as part of the authentication workflow, if you're not already authenticated, one of the sites that needs to talk to the auth domain sits in YouTube.com. Really? Yes. Which is blocked on so many airlines. Yes. Wow. really sucks if you don't authenticate before your flight because then you're not authenticating once you're on your flight. Wow. I think I, I think actually knew that it was on YouTube for some reason. I don't remember why, but like I've seen that pop up. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Um, Air Baltic is adding a Finland base. Why not? It's temporary, right? No, TMP is the airport code. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got to work on our show notes. Uh, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, it's temporary? Oh, that's cool. Tempir yeah. or something like that is pronounced? It's like a town an hour or two north of Helsinki. Tempir. So let me get this straight. Finnair goes to Stockholm. Air Baltic goes to Finland. Are they just all moving west? <laughs> it's an invasion. Which, which we shouldn't joke about in Europe, so close to Russia. But anyway, um, yeah. What, what, what are they doing? They got a handful of routes: uh, Oslo, Copenhagen, Frankfurt, Munich, Malaga, and Rhodes. Greece. All two, from, two all, to three flights all, weekly. All from Tampere. Yeah, starting next May. Huh. Fascinating. I mean, to be fair, Foz. I mean, Finland is on the Baltic, so Air Balt. I mean, it kind of works. They picked a generic enough name. <laughs> Okay, we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> um, I was looking at, yeah, and it's not a huge city. Tampere looks like it's you know, northwest of Helsinki. Yeah, it's, like, it's not big. Is this like the airport that Ryanair flies into and calls it Helsinki? Helsinki. I think it's a little <laughs> too far for that, but it's close. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you're thinking about wearing a mask on a plane, underwear, women's underwear won't cut it. Maybe men's would, but I don't know. You got to give the guy props for at least trying. It was humor. It was entertaining. An idiot, <laughs> but it was amusing. Absolutely not. <laughs> Zero credit. This guy was on a United flight and uh, got kicked off because in protest, he wore a pair of women's underwear uh, on his face. And uh, my wife sent me this link <laughs> because she always tries to give me ideas for this show. Uh, and so I let her do the show. I didn't know I could let her do all the topics. That's great. Do you, do you want to do, do it? I, I can do that. She'll even come on. Perfect. You guys would rather talk to her anyway. <laughs> uh, we can but, plan your next trip for you. <laughs> so I I just thought this was, I mean, he was escorted off the flight and I'm sure banned from United, but it's, it's, he it, was definitely banned that I can confirm. Yes. Um, and to add to that, there's a Washington post article where uh, Dr. Fauci says that mass may, uh, you know, fat mass on planes may be here to stay. And that the exact quote is, let me pull it up here real quick and read it to you guys. Cause it's, it, it was part of a television interview that he was giving on this week. Uh, and the question that was asked of him was um, uh, there, he said, he was asked if he believes there will be a point when it won't be necessary to wear a mask during air travel. And all he said was, I don't think so. I think when you're dealing with a closed space, even through though the filtration is good that you want to go the extra step. But later on in the article, it's said that he he's really you know thinking that people are going to be cautious as they travel going into the future with 
getting sick and wearing a mask on a plane. So it's, it's become a voluntary thing, not a mandatory thing. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Dr. Fauci. Sorry. Just from the people who don't want to wear it when it is mandatory. <laughs> so, uh, I yeah. hope it's not the future. Uh, I really, I really do. I mean, I, I hope we're not get, coming to a point where we're just going to have to wear masks all the time. Cause it's, it's not the most enjoyable experience. No, but I mean, if we're, if we're stuck with a bunch of people who refuse to get vaccinated and refuse to protect themselves and others, you know, being in a, it makes it really hard to decide, okay, well, screw it. I'll just hope for the best when there's yeah. something that's that relatively easy that provides a massive significant improvement in protection. Yeah. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not it's, saying I'm happy about it, but I, think, I yeah, uh, I, I mean, I can be mad and still be okay with yeah. it. You know, I don't, I don't like it. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm not saying I'm going to break the rules. I just, I don't know. I, uh, it's frustrating because it is something that I, I I think that we've both read or all three of us have read that like this is probably going to be endemic in 2024 or something is what they're saying. I, I don't know how we're not already there. I think it's proof that we can't contain this thing because we can't simply get people vaccinated or to wear masks voluntarily. But anyway, it's uh, yeah, I'd like to hear what our listeners think of having to if they had to wear masks, you know, into the future and. Uh, what that would look like for them on air travel. It's just, it's not fun. Like I sat on a six hour flight yesterday with a mask on and I, I can't say that I loved it. I did it, but it was not my favorite flight experience. So anyway, um, Foz asked me, a, uh, asked us a question, Seth, did we talk about Delta investing in foreign airlines again? I don't think we have. Um, I think we obliquely mentioned it related to the Virgin Australia bit. Maybe a little but, bit there, but yeah. we didn't really talk about it a ton. No, no. So what's the what's the story? Oh, I don't remember all the details. Will you bring <laughs> it up more than more than a billion. <laughs> yeah, it's like one point three billion spread across Virgin Atlantic, Latam, and Aeromexico. Yeah, and that yeah, that was it because these investments have panned out so well in the past. <laughs> I mean, uh, all three of them filed for bankruptcy in the last two years, so that's cool. So basically, so basically, Delta's just buying up a sign back in. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like, ah, we still wanted to be there, so we're going back in. Yeah, okay, makes more sense now. So basically, know. they're protecting their investment. Yeah, their initial investment, so no one else can come in and partner with these guys. Yeah, yeah, which which United has done in Virgin Australia, right? Yep, in a way. So we didn't talk about that. We probably should. United's code share. We did talk about that. Did we talk about the JV last week? Yeah. I can't remember yesterday, so I just know I flew yesterday. Anyway, um, I think that's it for the show. I think we're going to talk a little bit about some uh, JetBlue mosaic changes and some A380 or Airbus final flights. So if you're a Patreon subscriber, look forward to that at the end of the, the show. Including our uh, several new ones who we should yeah, thank Joel, you to. Yeah, Joel, Rob, Andy, Michael, Gulam. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, and uh, those who don't support the show, that's fine. We're happy to have you as listeners. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to Patreon and support us there. Uh, or you can follow us on Twitter, more dots or at dots lines, uh, more dots, more lines .com. Leave a comment. Uh, we'd like to hear from you guys. So thanks for listening and uh, happy travels. Bye-bye. Take care. Best $2 you'll spend every month. Think about it. I want my $2. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> Or maybe not. <laughs>